Hello, Adam. Hello, Mark. We're here again for another episode of Rise Up with Mark Mixon. Yes, we are. Rise up, everybody. Rise up. God, we gotta gotta rise up somehow. I'm uh and if anything, cats and politics for sure. Cats and you know, the whole time we were getting ready, she was just all over this place. She was climbing on the screen, climbing on the keyboard. I had to drop her down because she was opening windows and muting my microphone. <laughs> And now suddenly she's not to be seen. She's gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cats. They know when you want their attention. That's when they're oh, I see her. She's in a box on the other side of the room. There you go. Boy, she loves that box. She'll be so upset when I finally put that Christmas tree back in it. <laughs> <laughs> you need seasonal boxes. You need to be able to unpack another box to put her in. Yeah. Ah, oh, how's your week right. been, my friend? It's been pretty good. Uh, a few days off I didn't anticipate due to the crazy weather that's going all over the country. So, yeah, I was able to uh, get some chores done around the house and make meals for once. And, yeah, it was nice. How about you? Yeah, it's been busy, a busy week. Uh, first week of classes for us. And, boy, it just uh, had me jumping, had me running around, working working long hours. And uh, I'm... Uh, Hopefully, hopefully next week will be better. <laughs> yeah. Slower anyway. Slower. Well, my, my previous week was that way. So yeah, you know, that's our industry, my friend. One week it's crazy. The next week you're begging for something to do. <laughs> so. Oh boy, I'd like to beg. I, I never beg for anything to do. I, I don't know if I've mentioned on the show, but I like, I need to keep myself almost pathologically need to keep myself busy, busy just beyond my capacity to keep up. If I'm not, if I'm not falling on the job somewhere. I'll, I'll, I'll take on more duties. <laughs> I'll, I'll do something more. Yeah. Many uh, a time I've uh, reached out to this man and he's like, Oh yeah, I'm building this. And it's like, why are you doing that? I got nothing else to do. <laughs> so I'm just gonna... <laughs> and, it's, and it's pretty involved, you know, it's an entire theater floor or something like that, you know? Oh yeah. Well, and uh, not speaking of that, but since, since we're on a podcast, since we are, you know, putting this in a can and, and people, people are starting to listen. Let me uh, ask the people out there who are listening to don't forget to do the likey subscribey thing wherever you listen yes. to podcasts. Um, we appreciate it. We do. We do uh, offer us some support when when we actually make that available. There there will be. <laughs> swear to God, there will indeed be ways you can uh, participate more than just listening, but you can comment in the episodes and uh, yes. certainly check out our guests stuff. Um, we have questions attached after each episode that you can participate in. We would love to hear your responses and we're probably going to start adding some polls too. So, yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that will be good. Not that. Yeah, that will be good. We're going to, we're going to do that. And there will be, as we continue, there will be more ways, more ways to, uh, to get involved, um, to rise up, to rise up indeed. And, uh, I didn't didn't tell you, Adam, but I got us I got us our first uh, what do you call it? sponsor? I got us a sponsor. Oh, I did not yeah. notice. Okay, yes, yeah. reveal it to me and I, the audience. <laughs> re- reveal Go it ahead. to everyone. Yeah. So so this episode brought to you by suffering. That's right. <laughs> suffering is bringing you this episode. 
Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, for those of you who do not uh, tune in on the video side of our podcast, Mark has a second camera that he just switched over to. His little side cam. He's like, Hold on. Let me let me just pull you aside, honey. I want to come over here and let me just tell you something. Adam, Adam can't hear this, you know, the kind of a side cam. I might have to come up with another background for you to switch to when you do that one. So it's just uh, more. Intimate. Yeah. We'll figure something out. Uh, we, we talked about a side cam bit at that. And I thought uh, I found these cameras around the theater thought, well, I'll try this. I'll see if this works for me. So that was great. My, uh, <laughs> I've got a uh, ability to do a second camera on here, but I have to pay more money to StreamYard. So I, I, wow. I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't using that feature yet. Ah, uh, Oh, get the humor out of the way. <laughs> yes, always. Hopefully our audience uh, enjoys the uh, human moments and, and the, the chance to feel like they're, you know, part of the group and the uh, craziness of our intros. But uh, yeah. also remember, if you don't like them, uh, you know, scrub along. Usually about four or five minutes in, we begin. So. <laughs> <laughs> And and if you did like it, like you should, uh, if you don't watch the video versions of the podcast, yeah, you're missing stuff. You don't get to see Luli when she makes yeah. her appearances. You didn't get the side cam. So uh, sometimes we have content to show, which I imagine we're going to get better at that. But for well, now. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Not today, but <laughs> no. But I was checking out the analytics, and thus far, our uh, commentary on Blue Tucker is still our, our most watched episode. Yeah, so. I think we're going to have to do more about Blue Tucker. <laughs> Either that, or the title is confusing people, and they <laughs> they're clicking on it to find out what Blue Tucker is. <laughs> oh my! All right. Well, let's get down to it here. Let's. Uh... Yeah. You know, we're seven uh, minutes in. Let's do it. Let's let's yeah. Let's let's move in. I I. We we talked about this on our last episode. We had Laura Fielding uh, from the Red Bray Medicare for All uh, come on in and join us. And you know, some of this we we covered some of this stuff. Like we're we're going to talk today about voting for the lesser evil and uh, what that means. Where's the line? Um. Does it make sense? And if so, when? Right? Uh, and I'm going to say I don't have solid answers on this. Um, I know for me, uh, you know, voting, voting for Democrats, Republicans, and certainly for president is, is not an option. Like neither of those two pieces of crap are, are yeah. going to get my vote. Certainly not, not in this election. And I don't even know for sure which two pieces of crap they're going to be. I just know who the Democratic Party and the Republican Party put up is going to be a piece of human awful. That's uh, that's that is for sure. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I probably shouldn't try to add to that. But I will just say that in my life, in my experience, I've gone the full roller coaster ride of believing in one side and then being crushed to find out that they're full of crap and then believing in the other side and then being crushed to find out that they're full of crap and and then believing in you know maybe the fringe elements of the side that i was just believing in and maybe those people the progressive side that they would do a better job and then they turned out to be full of crap and 
Um, <laughs> see the pattern going on. So ultimately, yeah, yeah the, whatever is mainstream and most available um, has not really been worth it in my lifetime. No, no. And, and you know, the system is compromised. Uh, um, we've talked about that in previous episodes, how the, how the uh, second estate, the, uh, the, the aristocracy has, has corrupted uh, <laughs> the system completely. Uh, I, I love that uh, the, the Bezos post uh, has their tagline being that democracy dies in darkness, but in fact, democracy dies when uh, billionaires own it. Um, yeah, I, uh, they, they threw that up when Trump got elected. And I was kind of into Twitter more and really trying to poke at the man every day because I'm like, well, if you're going to open yourself to a forum of anybody just being able to say anything to you, Mr. President, I am there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Bezos post made me laugh at the time. And I had to tweet at him saying, you know where, you know what? Democracy dies under a paywall. Right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm no comedian. I'm not trying to make everybody laugh. But that to me was a slap in the face. He's like, oh, democracy dies in darkness. Well, I can't click on your articles to read, read them. So what does it matter? Democracy for those who can pay for it. Exactly. Which, <laughs> which you know, they're want. curated articles towards what they want you to think and feel. That's the real problem of today's media. It's bought and paid for by the corporations and the private individuals that own those corporations. Uh, we're all being uh, guided along by William Randolph Hearst every day. <laughs> so. Right, right. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Excuse me for my throat clearing, everyone. Yes, try uh, to take that out. Try to take the throat. Yeah, yeah I'll try to, try to pause it. Certainly turn my head so I don't cough right into the microphone. Mute yourself, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, part one, breaking from... Oh, and, and oh, uh, just total, uh, you know, front and center, full disclosure, uh, if I haven't said it already, I worked for CNN for several years. So, I definitely saw how the sausage was made. And that's another side of what we're going to be talking about today, about how... You know, they're the ones who really peddle this message the most. Oh, they do. So. Sort of begs the question, like, who's 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 wagging the dog, really? You know, like, oh, <laughs> well, and it's because because the billionaires own the media, because there's only, you know, like three or four guys who control essentially everything everyone sees in the nation. And uh, uh, maybe more than three or four, but not many more. And uh, and and those same class of guys, they they also want the politicians to make sure that their their income stream stays constant, right? So they they buy the politicians, they craft the narrative, they fill our brains with propaganda. And as I know, I said on previous episodes, you are not immune to propaganda. I am not immune to propaganda. If you consume it, it will shape you period which uh i'm sure no one says this anymore this was like a probably no one says it when i when i picked it up right but like i killed my television in like 1993 and it doesn't even apply anymore because television is not a thing and i do consume a little bit of media but 
I had dial-up internet for the longest damn time, and I don't pay for any subscription stuff, and I don't watch mainstream media essentially at all. I do watch movies and and you know some cinematic television shows, but I am still shocked by how much of it is propaganda and and pro-military uh, programming. It's just all you know, hero soldiers who are killing the bad brown people. And uh, it's, it's, that's 50% of our content now. It's shy. And we, and we touched on that in the last episode, like in our last episode, we touched on a lot of this stuff. We touched on what is the lesser evil. We touched on how does, uh, I, I talked about the blowback after Vietnam and after the uh, draft. Um, you know, I, th- I think I think that last episode of Laura sort of inspired a lot of the stuff that we're that we're going to talk about. Um, I agree. So yeah, the propaganda breaking free of the propaganda section. The propaganda they're going to feed you is that in this upcoming presidential election that you got to choose either the red shit or the blue shit. But you're going to eat shit. You just get to choose what flavor it is, uh, and so you better choose the flavor that is a little less offensive to you. Um, gotta work on that (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt yeah i find i find the whole the whole thing so frustrating a thing i sometimes hear is that well you know it's harm reduction and uh you know i think that that misrepresents what harm reduction is um I was mentioning to you before we started recording that I I spend some weekends building harm reduction kits, uh, safe injection kits, recognizing that uh, people who are living on the streets, uh, not all of them, obviously, but some of them are going to be using drugs and uh, they're going to they're going to use their medicine. And there's really nothing you can do about it, like with all substance abuse, people stop it when they choose to stop it it's not a thing no outside influence can make them stop um so recognizing that we can just reduce the amount of harm being done to them while they're using it we can give them clean needles and sterile water and and new cookers and uh, uh tourniquets and cotton balls and and just make sure that that they are as safe and clean as they cook and use their drugs as possible um, to reduce the harm, reduce the chances of, of spreading and contracting disease, reduce the chance of infection, reduce, you know, do reduce the harm. That's harm reduction. Um, it doesn't really apply to elections because you can affect the outcome of elections. You can you can organize, you can run for office, you can vote, you can make sure that you don't buy into the propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura said something uh, that I thought was really like important after the after the during the Trump Biden election, and we could step back to to Trump uh, Clinton as well if we want to, but during the Trump Biden election. She said that she really pushed on Twitter that how can you say that this is uh, the lesser evil? Trump had four years in office. And did he do bad things? Absolutely did bad things. 
but most of the bad things were stupid, clunky things, and many of them were overturned. And I would arguably say the worst thing he did was trying to subvert uh, uh, the outcome of an election. Um, I will argue against the framing that there was an insurrection. Um, for anyone who believes that, that January 6th was an insurrection, I would say usually insurrection includes armed uh, armed armed assault, armed attack, like armed armed attacks of the government or on the government. Um, and so I would say if you think it was an insurrection, my question is, how was that insurrection put down? Did did the National Guard mobilize? Was the was the Capitol building surrounded and hundreds and thousand people taken? arrested, taken, and and I admit, I was not watching. I, I don't watch mainstream media. At the time, I was having one-on-ones as I was trying to organize a new uh, new party in, in my state. Uh, so I was I was having meetings all day when, when this uh, faux insurrection occurred, in my opinion. But I would say that insurrections don't usually end because people take a bunch of selfies and go home. And that's, uh, you know, people took selfies, people took souvenirs, and then they went home. I don't think that was an insurrection. I, uh, I, I was part of uh, anti-war protests in 91, and I was part of a group that surrounded and closed down a federal building. One of my younger brothers stormed the Capitol building, and they uh, dumped desk drawers and dumped garbage cans, and then they went home. Now, admittedly, the state Congress was not in session at the time. Um, and I don't believe any of the peace protesters were armed, and obviously some of the people were were armed uh, in the January 6th. But I don't think that was the real crime. I don't think it was an insurrection. They want it to be an insurrection because they want to criminalize protest. They want to, uh, they being now the people in charge, the Biden administration, and this was not on our notes anywhere, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> like they... <laughs> no, it wasn't, but that's, that's all good. They, they want to criminalize protest. Biden wants to expand the police state. It, red shit, blue shit, one shit, two shit, buy a cop and uh, protect the billionaire shit. That's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't disagree that both parties are... Uh, are a part are a party are privy to um creating a more of a police state and to shutting down the right to protest i think uh red states alone have seen a much larger uh increase in laws changed to outlaw protest um more so than blue states um but on a national level uh it, from the presidency standpoint i don't think that either parties really act all that different when they're in power and, um, you know, going back to what you said earlier, you know, we're not going to completely agree, but it's okay. This has, you know, it has your <laughs> name on it. Um, I'm not going to completely agree on, on Trump, but like, I don't, I'm in no way. And I, and I think Laura maybe didn't understand or didn't, uh, maybe understands too hard of a word, but didn't quite get in the moment what I was trying to say about him. And I tried to mention this to you off camera after which word, uh, which is that, um, to me, they're the, they're the two sides of the, of the same bullshit coin. Um, and I've tried to say this to people and that I love and support in my life, uh, most of my life. 
which is that um, business businessmen are just as evil and just as fucking corrupt and awful in this country as the politicians, and they can hide behind the politician's record, but they paid those politicians to have that record. <laughs> so Donald Trump is the embodiment uh, to me of the bullshit business class, these people that get away with murder every day and and have driven our society into the fucking gutter. And, uh, and yes, absolutely, uh, Donald Trump doesn't have his political record, but Donald Trump wasn't a politician. If somehow you could change time and flip them both, they'd still be the you know awful people, but Biden would be an awful businessman and Trump would be an awful politician with a horrible record. They're the same fucking coin at the end of the day, in my opinion. And, and um, as far as what they do now in office, you know, yes, they're two different men for policies are concerned. If Biden actually loses, I guarantee you most of the things he's done will also be wiped clean. It's kind of the bullshit nature of the current system that we have, which is that these guys get in, have a bunch of executive orders. They don't mean anything. And the next thing you know, another president comes in and makes a bunch of executive orders to rescind the last president's executive orders. It doesn't matter. It's all a joke. And it all enriches these businessmen, pumps up our military industrial complex and keeps politicians politicianing for 40 years. And I, you know, I, I fully agree. You know, I, I, if we could go into a different timeline where Trump, uh, instead of trying to be a wannabe gangster uh, in, in uh, what, what is, what is that East Coast Vegas thing down south? Oh yeah, Atlantic City. Atlantic yeah, and, City, yeah. And 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 a slumlord like his father, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like if, if he had gotten into politics back then instead, like he absolutely would have a record that is as bad as Joe Biden's. I'm sure. I'm yeah, because sure he, he says himself, I pay, I gave money to both parties. I supported both Hillary and, you know, uh, George Bush, you know, like that's, so he's a piece of shit. And, oh. and this is one of the reasons why I've been saying to people in close in my life for years, don't tell me what's wrong with the person you're never going to vote for. Tell me what's wrong with the person you're willing to vote for and pick somebody better. <laughs> so and that's, that's where this episode's supposed to go, right? Yeah. And that's, that's the big thing, right? Like, and that's where I, you know, in the lesser evil argument, I, I won't entertain the, well, do you think Trump would be better? Do you think Trump would be better in Palestine? Do you think Trump? Well, no, of course I don't think he would be yeah. better. And he's and, not going to be worse. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. Like, and, but I, I refuse to, like, Democrats use that as a way to try a straw man argument to say, so you got to vote for Joe. And right. that's just horseshit. Like, I'm not going to ignore the things that Joe Biden has actually done because of things Trump might do. If Democrats refuse to run someone who actually represents the people, and as a result, Joe Biden loses, and we get Trump again. Then when Trump does bad things, we should vote him out as well, right? But but what we should really do is stop going back and forth, back and forth between red shit, blue shit, red shit, blue shit. Let's try something right. different. Well, and Biden said he was going to be he was going to be different than Trump, and in so many ways, he's worse than Trump. And the so guy said, ways. "Oh, I'm going to only have one term, and then all of a sudden, well, I'm I'm going to run for two terms now." Like, oh. 
so many ways. When people start bringing it up, they're like, I, and I, I will bring the litany. I will, you know, Biden ran on a pathway to citizenship for 15 million uh, illegal immigrants. And uh, when he got in office, I mean, that was a lie. He didn't do that. Instead, what he ended up doing in the first three years was uh, increasing deportations without uh, due process. He ran saying that he was going to have a $15 minimum wage for federal workers. That was a lie. He hid behind uh, a parliamentarian like it was his mother's leg to to cover up the lie. He uh, he said that the number of COVID deaths uh, under Trump would never be acceptable in his administration. And then he just declared declared the pandemic over like George W. Bush saying mission accomplished and uh, watched as as hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people died. He, uh, you know, the, the things, the, the, the only Trump policies I'm aware that he actually rescinded were he stopped giving direct financial payments to Americans. He did, he did end the student loan moratorium. He, so he restarted student loans. Uh, he did, he did end, uh, free vaccinations and testing did that. Mm-hmm. He, uh, ended the eviction moratorium. Those are the Trump policies that Joe Biden actually rescinded. But he still kept kids in cages. He still separated families at the border. He still continued building Trump's wall. He uh, didn't move the embassy out of Jerusalem. Uh, and while Trump certainly, as you put, you know, sent missiles or started flirted with missiles uh, in Syria to support uh, NATO's war of aggression there. Um, but he... <clears throat> God damn it. There's that stupid throat clearing. Apologies, y'all. And I was worried he was flirting with nuclear war with with Korea. Um, well, he was uh, also bringing up, why can't we have nuclear war in Europe? Why why not? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's a little he bit of certainly that, but... flirted with lots of stuff. And, yes, he did. Uh, but but there were no proxy wars being fought. No extra billions of dollars being given uh, to fund Nazis overseas. And he certainly wasn't illegally funding genocide and going around Congress. He, he wasn't right. breaking any strikes. Uh, so no extra like, proxy war. Right? <laughs> America had right, like eight I mean, or nine when he got, when he was president, but yeah. Yeah. And, and he didn't end all of them, but he certainly didn't start. No ones. Right. And he started the, he started the end of the Afghanistan war and Biden went through that. You know how that was. So, so yeah i i I can't ignore all the terrible things that uh you know i I will not be genociding with biden in 2024 i can tell you that Um, man it's so amazing how that word just fits perfectly with his last name (laughs) um genocide joe genociding with biden like jesus both both first and last name work yeah, yeah, it works great. It's uh, it's almost like it was meant to be. It was not meant to be. This is the result of people's votes. <laughs> Sadly, it was meant to be. If you knew anything about Joe Biden's record, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you voted for Joe, you have blood on your hands. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good use. Okay, of so. <laughs> You keep talking to the mic, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, it, I brought it over that way. Um, it's all good. And, and that's that's really not, you know, you didn't know, I guess. You could, Nobody you could did. pretend that you didn't pay attention to uh, how stridently he argued for the Iraq war that resulted in a million dead Iraqis. Um, but uh, if you vote for him again, 
So here's, here's, I, I, I had a document. I think I've skipped ahead a bit, but oh no, that's actually it. that's the next flipping point in it. <laughs> wow. Look at that. That was a segue that I didn't even mean to do. So voting against the bad orange man. No politician has ever recognized voting against. There's not a politician who's ever been elected who, when he was sworn in, said, I sure am glad they all voted against my opponent. That's not how they think. When you vote for a politician, you're voting for them. You're giving them a mandate. Politicians have policies they support, and you voted for them. You voted for their policies. You gave them a mandate to go forward. Joe Biden, you remember what they kept saying with Trump and all the fascists? Like, when a person shows you who they are, believe them. Joe Biden has shown you who he is. Believe him. He does not care if tens of thousands of children get slaughtered. He not only doesn't care, he appears to like it. He's willing to break the law. Did you know it's against the law for, to arm a country or give financial aid to a country that might use those funds to commit war crimes? It's our law. We pass. It's not an international law. That's a U.S. law that he <laughs> continues to break. Um, so when, when Genesis. Well, we're going to be Joe, rescinding that law soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's shown you who he is. So believe him. And if you vote for him, literally blood on your hands, then you just think that, well, I don't care if all those children get killed. I don't care if presidents withhold, uphold the law. So don't come crying when the next one breaks the law because you're voting for presidents to break the law. You're voting for presidents to kill innocent civilians. And I would just add that, you know, I heard a lot during the Trump administration, Trump years, that, uh, you know, how could these people sleep at night, look at what he's doing to the country, and, um, you know, do you regret your vote? All of that. Um, in some ways, I kind of understood why people were having that kind of guttural response. But um, where is it for Biden? Where, where exactly. is it in the media or really being talked about at all that, you know, this man uh, has not turned out to be really at all as advertised as he advertised running for the office? Um, regardless of his track record, if you weren't paying attention, if you only paid attention to what he ran on for president, I don't know how you can be happy with him at this moment. I mean, even like union things and uh, the railroad uh, that derailed here in Ohio um, in New Palestine, uh, where those people are probably going to be, you know, dying and poisoned to death for uh, generations to come. He didn't even show up to see how people were doing. Trump did. And listen, anybody listening now that is new to the show, I am no fan of Donald Trump. And I will not be voting for him no matter what. This is That's part of what this episode is about. But regardless if you could find a reason to vote for Biden in 2020, what now matters is what 2024 shows you about him and what he's decided to do with his first term. <laughs> oh, you're, you're muted. I think I'm or, muted. Or, Great. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. 
You weren't muted because it looked fine. That was weird. I don't know. You were just slow. Go ahead. What were you saying? <laughs> I saw the quotes. No. I, I think I was actually muted. Um, oh, okay. I, uh, I love that one of his campaign slogans is, you know, let Joe finish the job. Finish and, the job. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm looking at, I, I see feeds of, of dead babies and, and children burned from white phosphorus munitions. And I don't want Joe to finish the job. Absolutely fucking not. Um, I got a tinfoil hat thing for you. Okay, you let's do, do it. You want me to do it now? All right, I'll do it yeah. now real fast. All right, so there's some rumors going around that the Biden administration knows that he can't win. Like he's coming in with really bad numbers, really bad numbers. And they've uh, ridden this horse for too long. They can't bring anybody else in to, to win in his place, right? So barring his, him dying, which I don't think is Biden's plan, <laughs> um, <laughs> the tinfoil hat conspiracy is there's going to be a false flag that is going to push this country into some kind of war, and it's going to make everything seem so dire that we're going to have to stick with what we have right now as far as our, our leadership. And that oh. false flag could be an alien invasion. All right, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> All right. I, I think I mentioned it might have been our last episode. I, I think I think it's going to be a Russian nuclear explosion in the U.S. I think Russian terrorists. Uh, right. Uh, uh, but and, and, but hold on. Hold on. Well, I, I just want to say I think you I think you could be right. But let's go back to the alien part really fast, because this is actually going around. And it's okay. because all right. it's because look at all of the weird shit the CIA has been allowing out. And and now there's rumor that Lockheed Martin and some of these companies that have been reverse engineering the, this technology actually has like figured it out. And in one case, there's a there's a whistleblower. So the same guy who brought forward David Grush, I just watched an interview from him, the reporter. And he has another whistleblower where this guy came forward and talked about how a firefight happened in the desert out west. And it was between what the uh, Air Force thought or somebody like that, but was some part of our military, came in and thought that they were engaging with aliens. And it turned out <laughs> to be like Lockheed Martin because they hadn't let them know, hey, we got this craft and we're going to be flying around. And so then they got into this thing. Well, ever since then, like there's been more transparency about what these companies know and what the military knows. And there's been a giant leap in our ability to to use this technology and the whole part of the false flag is we could fake an alien invasion with these ships and say well that's not us we said we don't know this technology we don't know what that is what is that right and just have them and then all of a sudden can you imagine a world where we're being invaded by aliens now what are elections gonna happen like <laughs> like you just you sit there and you say okay well it isn't beyond them because it seems like every false flag they do has to escalate and do they really want to drop a nuke on U.S. soil? Do they really want to deal with the fallout of that? Or is it better to just think the entire world is under control by aliens? And meanwhile, it's the United States military that's controlling. Anyway, go ahead, Mark. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a decent uh, argument. Do they really? But I, then I would also go back to East Palestine where uh, oh, yeah. uh, Chernobyl-like sicknesses. And, and deformities, right? Like the, the chemicals that are had that, that were, that have poisoned that community. It's like, that's the, I think you even 
commented to me about that uh, shortly after it happened. It's the American Chernobyl, right? It's uh, it's one of them. We have them all the time now because of the chemicals that those those railroad cars carry. And one day when it goes off in Chicago, thousands and thousands and thousands Ooh. of people are going to die. Oh yeah, no, I uh, when I was living in Chicago and working at a, a scenic studio there, one of the, one of the carpenters there, uh, it was his hobby was learning what all the uh, the uh, hazard placards and whatnot on train cars meant, and 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 we were uh, in Pilsen there and watching you know all the trains come in, and he was looking at the stuff, and he's like, you know, those cars come in, and like some of these things mean that. If that train derails, you need to evacuate everything within 50 miles within yeah. within hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they've been doing that through Chicago our whole lives. We're fucked any day, any day. It's just going to be a, just a, a historic event there. It's going to be awful. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, you cannot evacuate Chicago in an hour can't happen oh no <laughs> you can't you can't evacuate any major american city after a, a nightmare like that let alone on a good day but yeah just the fact that there, that's a hub for all that stuff to go through but yeah you know there's there's lots of opportunities for them to false flag stuff around our country but i just wanted to say the most crazy one i've heard is that they would pretend like we're alien being invaded by aliens which you know why well, i think it's it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting interesting election year. It might not be that interesting. I'm going to hope. I'm going to hope it's not nuclear weapon alien invasion interesting. But it's going to be interesting right. no matter what. <laughs> Let's hope not. I mean, either way, we'll have a podcast for it, which would be cool as long as the power still works. <laughs> we'll be here to cover it. I want to step back just a hair uh, because yes. I was pretty harsh on Joe Biden, and he deserves oh. it. Uh, but <laughs> uh, uh, no, he, he he totally deserves it. But I want to also point out because I I also talked about how I don't think January sixth was an insurrection. But I do want to say that Trump did appear to me, and uh, they're one of the impeachment hearings. I don't know. I don't pay attention to what all those clowns do. It's all fucking political theater. But yeah, but yeah. but but through the investigations, I think it's been adequately proved that he did try to subvert an, a, a lawful election and not just him. He had a lot of co-conspirators, uh, people who were governors and who were senators and who were Congress people who were going to send false electors forward. I mean, there, there was in fact an actual conspiracy to subvert the election and that Donald Trump was absolutely Donald Trump and his lawyers, uh, whatever, absolutely the mastermind of that. Now that, I do think happened. I think it's been amply proved. And yeah. and those are also illegal. You don't have to play the insurrection card. That's, you know, the but I'll point out they played the insurrection card so the people they could prosecute were just protesters who rioted. You don't see yeah. any of those governors and senators and congress people. They're not in prison. They're not in jail, right? The people who were actually subverting an election because that's the aristocracy. That's the best right. people. That's the people right. in power. Well, Mark, the people on TV got arrested and went to jail. The right. people behind Not the scenes, the ones on the phone, <laughs> those those people are just getting slaps on the wrist. But right. I will say, I agree with you. I think in many ways, I watched it when it unfolded. I heard about it. So I turned on YouTube and found a place that was streaming it and watched it. 
And um, it was disgusting the way certain parts of those uh, crowds acted and the way that they assaulted police officers and did certain things that I just thought was beyond the pale. Um, now, in hindsight, I think it's the stupid, it's, it's a, it, an example of in America nowadays, um, people are very undereducated and not really uh, prepared to like foment a revolution. And so they don't show up. They, a lot of people that day didn't show up to do that. I think a lot of people showed up that day to participate in groupthink. And then they went down to the Capitol and kind of just continued to participate in that, yeah. some of them all the way into the building. And, and yeah. we had an example of a stupid coup, you know, something that like, you know, it didn't actually happen, but it's close enough that the, the people that are, that are in power of the country can say, look, these people tried to overthrow the government. And uh, what you pointed out is, is kind of the most important part. What all of these right-wing crazy people forgot to bring their guns that day, or the ones that brought them, they just decided not, they forgot their bullets that day. They decided not to use the bullets. You know, that, that makes no sense. Um, I think that Trump walked his way into allowing the deep state that he likes to call it to set him up by having his his supporters go to march down to the Capitol and then be egged on into doing more than they should have. And meanwhile, yeah, all the shit that is actually more serious is behind the scenes and they're not really going to do anything about that. Absolutely not going to do anything about the people who actually were subverting the election. I, you know, I'm, I wholeheartedly believe it was a huge protest devolved into a riot, a violent riot. Uh, people were hurt. People were killed. Um, but it was not an insurrection. And I, I, that, that is, I know a lot of people on, on my side of the aisle don't agree with that, but, uh, um, all right. So, so I just wanted to, it was to, also to, just to say, it was also a big group and some people were doing things that others were not doing. And, you know, right. you can't, I don't think you can. And there were for sure a, people a there brush. who wanted to have a, a coup. There were absolutely yeah. Oh, yeah. people and groups there who wanted a violent revolution for sure. And, and there was a non-zero chance that it could have spun out of control and become a violent takeover of the Capitol and people setting up and shooting people, killing, you know, Congress people and killing a lot of cops, a lot more cops and, uh, you know, setting up checkpoints and shooting people as they can. I mean, it could have devolved that way, but it didn't. Oh, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Um, and they, and in, you know, the conspiracy person in me believes that they allowed it to be just bad enough so that now that you, you won't actually be able to get to what you just described, even if you wanted to, even if there was actual reason to good luck overthrowing your government and taking your country back if you ever need to. So, okay. I've bitched a lot about, uh, the presidential election. I, uh, uh however, what, what sort of, I guess the other thing that sparked this, uh, because I clearly have my mind made up that, uh, that there is no lesser evil as far as Democrats, Republicans for president go at this point. I do not believe the Democratic Party is reformable. And those are not the only elections out there, right? You've got senators, you've got Congress people, you've got governors, you've got your state Senate and your state Congress or state representatives. 
you've got city councils and mayors and county councils and school districts. And had to pause to cough there. And uh, legitimately, for many of us, a lot of those elections have a lot more impact in our day-to-day -day lives, like what your city spends money on and the choices that your mayor and city council members make. Absolutely. Might have a lot more impact in your life. And, and so our discussion, our, our, our pre-episode discussion, and not even uh, I, a few days ago, like we maybe right after Laura's episode, we, we talked about like, what's the line? Like, right. what's the lesser evil line? Because while I say that I will never vote for a Democrat or Republican again, and luckily in my state, we're essentially a nonpartisan state. Like you right. can't register as a Republican or Democrat in Washington. You uh, don't, parties don't like select, if it's not the presidential election, there's just is no party involved. Um, when you run for office here, uh, uh, we have a, what's called a jungle primary where we have a primary where sort of everyone who wants to can participate and everyone can vote for anyone. And then the top two vote getters are the ones who go to the general. And so here on the west side of the mountains, the liberal side of Washington, uh, it's often a choice between two Democrats. And on the east side, on the conservative side of Washington, uh, it's often a choice between two Republicans uh, right. when you get to the general election. Um, in my last city council election, you know, I, I legitimately had uh, someone, the person I voted for, I did agree with, I think, 90% of the things I heard her say. I thought she was a little a little soft on policing. Uh, she was, uh, and when I say soft on policing, I meant she supports them too much. Uh, <laughs> um, I have to have an episode sometime about what you would do to uh, replace the police. Yeah, we absolutely should have a, a uh, abolition episode because I am wholeheartedly a, a police and prison abolitionist. Um, and, and I have strong opinions about that. It might be a, an interview episode, though. I might bring on someone who uh, is actually doing the work as opposed to just having opinions like me. Um, <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're going to be around hopefully for a while. You'll have plenty of opportunities to voice your opinions in an episode like that and outside of an episode like that. Um, yes, I hope so. I hope we are around for a while. I hope uh, people continue to enjoy uh, the things we're doing here. Um, the first part is we just have to keep enjoying it, Mark, <laughs> since we're the biggest well, audience true. so far. We yeah. are the biggest audience so far. I got to keep liking doing. Um, so uh, in Washington, with the way our system works in Washington, like once you get to the general election, there is in fact a strong argument to be made that the lesser evil, like there's our only two candidates on the ballot by the time you get to the general election. And one of those two candidates is going to win hands down. And so at that point, like voting becomes truly just, uh, and I, this, I think this is true all the time. Voting is not uh, exercising your power. Voting is just expressing a preference. Um, 
And so, so who, who do you prefer? Like there's only two candidates. Uh, and, and that's the reality. Unlike the Democrats who want you to pretend that's the reality at the presidential level. But, but here in my state, once you get to the general, that's the reality. One of those two people is going to win. So, So I don't have the answer there. Like, I don't, how do, how do you square that? Like, I, I know that I voted for someone, you know, who prefers the Democratic Party. I say it that way because that's what it says on our ballots. Like, you, if you run for office here in Washington State, when you, when you file, you say which party you prefer. And incidentally, it doesn't actually have to be a party. If I ran for office, I could say Mark Mixon prefers the Oscar the Grouch Party. And that's what the state would put on the ballot. Whether, whether that's a, a true party or not. And there is not an Oscar the Grouch party in Washington State. Last time I looked, there was a pirate Shame. party. Maybe maybe I should start the Oscar the Grouch party. I think you have a gem of an idea there that you've been sitting on for a while, Mark. And uh, <laughs> uh, The Oscar the Grouch party? Yeah, I think a lot, you get I, a lot of supporters for Oscar the Grouch. Who, whoever, whoever owns that character would so sue me. I'm just well, you never know. You never know if you, if you align <laughs> with their politics. Uh, <laughs> but I would say yeah. I think that, you know, you've kind of hit the nail on the head already, which is it's kind of sad, but true. We need to start from the ground up. We need to start locally. We need to go for some of the, the smaller roles um, throughout the states. I think you need to uh, start new parties. And then hopefully over, you know, a 5, 10, 15 year period, you can get those parties around the country enough that, that you can start to have those people run for national positions and eventually the presidency. But I think we've seen such a stagnation and such a stranglehold um, by the two party system, our entire lives, you're older than I am, but not by much. And uh, you know, we're just, we need to break that, that system. We need to have more choice. Um, because right now it's all just an illusion. It is an illusion, and we fully do. Uh, you know, I used to. I've, I've, we've, we've gotten away from the introductions where I like describe who I am and what I do. But when, when I was doing that, I, I was, you know, uh, describing myself as a political organizer. And then a few episodes in, I started specifying, you know, a third party political organizer. Um, and most of my political work has been anti-duopoly work. I have uh, helped start several uh, new parties, uh, at least here at the state level. Um, I got, I've, I've got a gem of an idea. I think it's a gem of an idea for a, for a new party. It's not the Oscar the Grouch party. It doesn't really have a name yet. <laughs> uh, Placeholder Oscar the Grouch party. What's, what's your idea? Well, I don't know that I can go into the, the whole the whole time here, but. Uh, okay, tease it. We'll 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 tease it for for another episode, I guess. Yeah, uh, you know, because it's not fully formed, and there's there's problems uh, with forming new parties. But you know, in the olden days, <laughs> before before the FEC was formalized, um, and and in in our political history, the way was around uh, there tended to be an issue with people and a politician 
supported those issues. Like they were of the issues. And now we have these huge platforms, right? And platforms are, um, I think, a fake thing, quite frankly. Uh, one of my issues with the Green Party, uh, uh, one of my issues with the Green Party is they've got this big sort of revolutionary platform. And uh, revolutionary because you'd need a revolution to enact it. Uh, and I think that's a problem for any small party. Um, because we're too used to opting out of that sort of crap. Um, so, not sure how much I want to tease that or not. I'll say this, like, like when Trump was in office, Republicans just dropped their platform altogether, right? And it's been a long time since uh, Democrats have introduced policy based on their platform. They have a platform. They've got a big, broad platform with lots of planks that talk about lots of policies. It's not policies they actually enact. It's not things they actually want to do. They don't want to do all the stuff in their, pl in their platform. Um, the thing that finally made me turn away from Democrats at, at, the, uh, at any level feel that way is when they refused to put a $15 minimum wage in their in their platform back in, I think, 2019. And it's like, it was weak sauce then. We've been talking about it for years, but they uh, they wouldn't put it in their platform because they didn't want anyone to try to hold them accountable for it. So, and here's the secret, is in the majority of states, I don't have a number, I, I, a 30 is what comes off the top of my head, but in a majority of states, parties have no say in who joins and has like voting control. You can register, like in Florida, every voter who registers for a party can vote on who that party's officers are and can have a say in which direction the party turns. And, and as a result of that, the Democrats and Republicans build these party platforms that are tribal identifiers to get people to self-select out. They don't want a, they don't want people to hold them accountable. They want people to say, yep, that's the stuff I want and everyone else to get the fuck out. Uh, but, but, and that's, that's why I think the green party platform, they don't actually have a platform per se. They've got these principles, pillars. I, I don't remember what they are. There's, there's 10 of something, four of something else, but, uh, and they're not, they're good. They're good things, uh, sort of universally in my opinion, but I think having this sort of broad, progressive, universal, uh, uh, un revolutionary platform requires people to buy in to a degree that you're not going to get people to buy in. It causes more people to select out than it gets to select in. <sighs> so that's why I think uh, uh, whatever the party is, and I teased a lot, I think the first issue is in the last episode where I said I run this uh, Twitter account called the Healthcare Justice Party. That's not the name of the party, but, uh, you know, I think universal health care, as we were talking with Laura, is an issue that's been being pitched and sold to the American people for my entire life. And it's something every other Western nation has, every other developed nation has, whatever. Um, and if you could form a party around a single issue... I think you could get a broad coalition. You could get someone in office if they were there about one issue. Um, 
Yeah, I think they've proven in the past that, you know, somebody like Barack Obama, for example, and how he ran on that stuff and um, really got him to change over time and uh, his policies to really get watered down. Um, We've seen somebody at least take advantage of the um, the topic to to get ahead. And uh, it would be very um, refreshing if somebody would actually circle back around and try it again. And this time actually want to to get it done, want to do it right. Um, Now, I think for me, Bernie Sanders was that last chance for me to believe in the Democrats because he was really that guy that was saying everything that needed to be said and kind of like the way that Obama did in some ways when he ran. And I was willing to give him a chance to see if he would actually do these things he'd been basically saying he wanted to do for about 30, 40 years. But when they stabbed him in the back twice and he took it the way that he did and then now is happy to die a Democrat, um, I don't uh, I don't believe in that party anymore. But th- that type of person um, would need to come around into either party for me to be willing to be, con- you know, consider voting for them again, um, at least on a national level. On a on a local level, um, if uh, another party presented itself, I would never vote Republican and Democrat again. I would just never, never do it. And I think uh, in your in your section of the show notes. Um... There was something in there about voting reform. I mean, because I think you're right. Like one of the answers is we've moved on apparently to the hope education segment now. <laughs> one one of the answers is that we do need more parties. You're right. We need more choices. We need people that represent other issues. They don't just represent the military industrial complex and the dark corporate money machine, right? Uh, Democrats and Republicans, regardless of what, platform they have regardless of what their tribal signifiers are uh what they really represent are wealthy corporations and the military industrial complex that's what both of those parties represent that's who their real constituents are so we need parties that don't um and i don't remember Oh, yeah. In the Tinfoil Hat episode, I talked about Yang and uh, Forward Party and how it started as uh, like that when he started, he wanted to get ranked choice voting in the 26 states that could do so through initiatives. Like if you have a state where you can pass a citizen's initiative for ranked choice voting, um, that's that's what he wanted. And that would. I'm not a huge ranked choice voting fan, but I will say it's better than the plurality voting that we all deal with these days. And that's absolutely going to be another episode soon. Uh, Maybe we'll have a debate. Maybe I'll just bring in people from the Equal Vote Coalition, which uh, are the people, um, friends of mine who are pushing star voting, which is my preferred alternative is star voting. Um, One of the things I've wanted to push into my state, uh, because star voting is a... essentially like my current elections are just uh, collapsing the primaries and the general into a single election. Um, but if we had a different way of voting and we had a different way of, of letting our desires and, and choices be known, I think things would be better. Right. And if we had more parties, things would be better. If there was more politicians out there, 
and uh, and a better way to select them. We could start to change things. Um, I agree. And those are the things that hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about on the show, bring people on that have outside of the box ideas of where we can go and and how we can change the process over time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We will absolutely do that. They might not be the next guest or two. Um, Oh no. I definitely, definitely liked uh, the episode with Laura and we will have her back soon. And and I'm starting to line up other guests because I thought that was a, that was a good episode. If if out there, out there in podcast land, if you have not checked out our episode eight on uh, the Red Braves Medicare for All and Laura Fielding, you you should do that. Um, yes, please do. She was a great guest, and we look forward to having her back. Um, and and I think we will have more guests, not only because uh, it's fun to interview people who are doing the real work, uh, but sooner or later I will run out of things to pontificate about. So. <laughs> Well, I think that the best thing in the world is for us to bring people on that focus on these issues every day of their lives and um, are seeing on the ground firsthand what's actually happening. And they can let us know and inform us how best to then uh, disseminate that information on the show. I have actually a video I'd like to uh, wrap with, if you don't mind. We don't have to wrap immediately. We could come back with a quick thought. But if, if you don't mind, as a quick producer insert. Would you sure. Be willing to watch something? Yeah. It's about three yeah. minutes long. I think it's relevant. But Let's do it. Something fun. And I'd like to attach this uh, genius to our show in some way, if possible. So one moment. Are we um, gonna are we gonna do a do a little bit of transition segue? Are we gonna Yes, we are. And if there's any issues, I will uh, I'll cut it out on an edit. <laughs> 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 Be happy with what you got, because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now, the big, wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interests. That's right. They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table to figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers. People who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. 
You and I are not in the big club. By the way, it's the same big club they used to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, Amen. what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged. And nobody yes, seems to it notice. Is. Nobody That's seems to care. the propaganda all the time. Good, honest, hardworking people. White collar, blue collar, doesn't and matter. And fuck what Trump for taking that slogan. Good, honest, hardworking people continue. These are people of modest means. Continue to elect these rich cocksuckers who don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all. At all. At all. Man. It's called the American dream. Because you have to be asleep to believe it. See, we don't even really need a podcast. We could just play that over and over again. Now you're on, you're muted. I always love that line. It's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here, let me switch back to our two up and I'll just do a quick cut uh, and an edit. One second. Let's go back to here. All right. Move. All right. Okay. So, so thank uh, you, George. You genius, hey, man. genius man. Telling the truth, telling the truth. You know why people don't, uh, I mean, I know millions of people have, have seen that clip. I'm, I know maybe not that particular clip, but have, have seen that sort of bit from, uh, from George Carlin and, and why, why we can't internalize that, that these assholes don't, care about you at all that they are completely bought that they only represent the corporations they only represent the money and as long as you keep voting for them as long as you keep letting them beat you over the head with that propaganda that's going to warp your mind to believe that somehow they are going to do a thing that's going to benefit you instead of benefit the rich assholes who run this country yeah we got to do something different all right so here's the here's the call to action run for office it seems awful it seems terrible <laughs> and and it is i'm sorry i have not run for office but you know working on campaigns uh it's it's rough and it takes money and it takes uh work and it's uh, disheartening and and how many times have you opened your ballot and there's been only one name on it what kind of fucking choice is that like and when it's down in the the County counselor, the water district supervisor, the school board, whatever. Like, right. You don't even know who that guy is. I mean, if you do, bravo, bravo, because I don't usually know who that guy is. I, uh, I, I've taken to just writing in my own name or my best friend's name or, or, or a person that uh, failed to get a, a city council position that I wanted. Like anyone I know who is actually, a person like if I I won't vote for if you're the only name on a ballot I will not vote for you I will write in anyone else because if there was anyone else running they might have a chance because no one knows who that person is no like so so there was a, a discord I was a part of for a while like it's no seat unopposed I think it was and mm. and that is that is a brilliant uh, uh thing to aspire to like there should not be people that are running unopposed in any election ever so whether you personally are going to run for office or whether you know someone who's got great ideas and you think they should run for office like 
Okay, here we go. Here's my tagline. Organizing is always the answer, right? So talk to those people. You know someone, you got to know someone. You might not want to run for office, but you know someone who's got great ideas. You know someone who who enlightens you about the things that are wrong in your community. Uh, you know someone that has great ideas and people agree with them. Like, talk to them. Get them to run for office. Step up. Volunteer for their campaign. Stop voting for the incumbents. If they did not give you policies that actually affect your life in a positive way, don't vote for them and let them know why you are not voting for them. Like, hey, these are the policies I wanted while you were in office and you did not do that. So I am not going to vote for you. I'm going to vote for anyone else. Um, if you live in one of those states where you have citizens initiatives, organize, get people together to change the way you vote in your state. We don't have to do it this way. We will have 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 a wasted vote episode later. But like, if you have first passed the post voting, and everyone has first passed the post voting plurality voting, like that's how you really waste a vote, because once you hit that plurality, once you hit one vote more than the other guy, every other vote counts as plus one. If you had 3 million votes over the other person, that was 3 million people who only counted as plus one. That's not, that's not voting. That's not, that's a waste. That's a waste of your vote. 3 million people who did not need to vote because their vote was wasted. That's not true in every system. It's just true in plurality voting. They say voting third party wastes your vote, but that's really truly wasting your vote. So get out there, get organizing, run for office. Volunteer for a campaign, vote for someone different because this is not a spectator sport. And if you do not participate, if you don't do a thing, nothing will change. And if you don't do it today, then tomorrow it will still not be done. All right, my friends, Adam, thank you for spending the time with me this evening. Um, thank you, Mark. I, uh, I love talking about this stuff, even though it's frustrating. I love thinking about this stuff, even though it makes me want to pull my hair out. As you can tell, if you're on the video episodes, it's just all gone, right? Uh, that's that's because <laughs> of the Democrats and Republicans. I swear to God, that's why. <laughs> yeah, you should. Everybody go back and watch episode one. Full, long, red, yeah, luscious yeah. hair. And just. Well, it was never red. Eight episodes later. later. <laughs> re, 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 re up my. Uh, because I don't, I think it's the only place where the where the picture exists. But on my Facebook account, I used to, I used to have like Jesus hair. I used to have the big long sausage curls and a picture of me like some headshot from, you know, yeah, yeah. And that what happened? Yeah. Politics. These fuckers. Politics. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't cats. It was All not right. cats. Well, no. <laughs> well, thanks for meeting with me, and uh, yeah, good episode, and we'll we'll be back for another one, guys. Yep, absolutely. Have a great night, everyone. Take care. Some answers, a little bit of truth. Some answers, a little bit of truth. Some answers, a little bit of truth. A little bit of truth. A little bit of truth. Oh, dig deeper. Keep looking for the proof.